Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from my palatial studio apartment in Chicago is Justine Kerr. Justine, how are you? Great. for having me. My pleasure. It was very critical that you came back on. Uh, Bit Bash happened uh, last weekend uh, here in Chicago uh, over at the, the Fulton, the Revel Fulton Market. And it was just, it was really cool. And we wanted to talk to you a bit about our experiences. As a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Now, uh, before we get to the Bit Bash, the festival itself, though, uh, you know, uh, it's been a little while since you've been on. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for coming back. Uh, what games have you been playing? I've been playing a lot of Spelunky recently. Um, as you know, I laid off of my job, and my boyfriend had downloaded I was I hate it. Like, the, the controls aren't intuitive. Things up, the way you move, it's running. So you are, it's fun. I think out of lazy depression, I never turned it off. I just got good at it, and now I can't stop. It's become your new full-time job, is what it sounds like. Yes, yes, and I get paid millions to do it. Uh-huh. So if you're out there listening, download Spelunky. The luxurious world of video game playing is not for everyone. So I, I can understand why you haven't all jumped on that opportunity. Yes, I know. It's a lot to handle. Now, what uh, platform are you playing it on? Because I know it's available on a lot of different systems. I am playing it on Xbox. Xbox One, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, because, like, yeah, it's, it was on 360, uh, I think, like, PS3, the Vita, and stuff like that. Yeah, but I think, like, one of the things that I'm fascinating about it is level price. It's one of the things, when I first tutorial in the but even when you start the game, like, there's, there's like, really hard mind level, and then you just get a random selection of levels, so there's all stuff, like... It does perfectly, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I've played, like, Rogue Legacy in the past, and in that, uh, the <laughs> castle is in four different segments, and they're all, like, thematically the same, but the rooms, the individual rooms are different every time. Yeah. Yeah, so it's hard to build up, like, the memorization skills needed. It's not like a Mega Man. Right, exactly. Since you're not doing this. Like, you have to recognize threats as they come at you, but they're not going to come at you in the same order. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that that is, like, so cool. I think that that's what makes it so, um, so it's just, like, you hit an automatic start, and then you're different. And, like, I think that a lot of game levels, right levels, I think they're hard. Eventually, always different. This It requires a bit more improvisation. Oh. Oh. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> But still playing that, uh, like, 20 hours in that? Oh, God. More? Yes. No, probably. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Like so <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but that, that's cool that you've been checking that out. Uh, I understand you've been playing Inside, too, uh, a little bit. Yes. So uh, I played a little bit. Um, well, there were three of us, and we were all just um, That came before. It's very... I haven't played it, no. It, it, I, I think it's out on PC now, but I, I haven't. Just, like, the art is had to, like... I that uh, my heart on both sides because I love her out like, also well like satisfied that part of I, like I did play Limbo which is kind of like the precursor to Inside. Yes. Yep. That one it felt like you walked along five feet and then you died like something <laughs> spooky killed you and then it's like okay now I know next time so it sounds like there's a bit more to it. Too. Yes, I think so. I think it's a little bit more in depth. I think that the environment side is a lot more out. There's so many. And like Limbo did, they, they had all of the same elements. It's just like, it's like Limbo jacked up. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Um, Limbo is uh, like a modern classic, maybe? And so, yeah, I'll have to try and check out Inside uh, sometime. This- <laughs> it'll it'll go on the pile. There's there's a, <laughs> I've got a list on, on Trello. I keep a Trello list of like 30 different games to play. It's like an, uh, 
like an organization site? Do you feel more productive than you actually are? Mm. Well, side note, I listened to a podcast where you was talking about being more productive and how like people, you know, when you make lists and you're like, well, I already did my laundry, so I'll write down, cross it off. You're not supposed to do that. Oh. Because, and it makes sense because it's like, you have, like people already have it in wanting to like feel accomplished. So when you have a list and you cross something off, then you already like you. No, I, I really think about that with your list, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll need to. I, I'm already guilty of that. I do. I do it too. I, it's just full disclosure. It did not stop me from crossing <laughs> things off. <laughs> but I know it was. A, but also, I like lists. I mean, just if we can totally get off topic here, I, I, like even in the context of just playing video games, I wish I could be more productive because, like, if there's a two-hour block and it's like I want to play video games right now, I won't be like disciplined enough even to do that like i'll Mm -hmm. just like go around on the internet and look at websites and stuff and then like after a half hour i'll be like well i'll just play a game of overwatch and then i'll spend 90 minutes play overwatch and not actually play the game that i meant to play yeah no i think that makes sense like i'm i'm doing that right now like with spelunky that it's like (laughs) i have um i want to play like home away like i want to play and i've been wanting to play but then almost spelunky plays me anytime it's game it's the beginning but i'm still just like wow i'll just play like and then next day and anything. <laughs> it's almost like they're not necessarily having our best interests in heart when they uh make these games yeah uh so that's mostly what you've been playing uh as for myself i've been playing 999 uh nine hours nine persons nine doors uh, i think that's the title uh oh no i don't have it out that's fine uh but I, fi- I finished it. Uh, I talked about it on an earlier episode. I've now finished the game. Uh, so to refresh, that was originally a Nintendo DS game, and it's been ported to the iOS. Uh, so I'm playing on my iPhone. It was First, it was like a puzzle game that also had like choose-your-own-adventure. But for the iOS version, they took out the puzzle part, and they just left the, the novel part. So you, just, you go through, and uh, you go into a room, and it's like, clearly there's going to be a puzzle here. It's like, oh, no, the door locked behind us. And it'll do, like, these quick shots of still images around the room. Like, good junk, good junk, good junk. And it's like, these are the places you're supposed to look to, like, figure out the clues and stuff. But then it'll just be like, Junpei and the others figured out the puzzle after a few minutes. And then just move on with the rest of the game. What? I mean, like, I think because it, they're, the DS, you know, has the two screens. And, like, they had some stuff they wanted to do with that. They couldn't bring the puzzles over as accurately as they wanted, I guess. So they just cut that. Okay. And then another thing they did that improved the game is uh, they changed the text speed. So it was kind of, before it was very, very glacial, and you couldn't change it. But here you can set it up so it'll basically blink in the text as soon as you hit the new page. And when you're playing through the game multiple times, because did you you read Choose Your Own Adventure books when you were little? Yeah. Uh, So, like, I mean, you could go through and, like, see all the endings, and that's usually what I would do. What, you would ruin it? I would, I just wanted to know what happened. Read like the last book, so, no, like every book. No, not not every book I read. Just <laughs> yeah, just two through. But I do instead of watching a lot of movies, I'll read the Wikipedia plot synopsis. So I don't know if that counts as the same thing as watching a movie. No, you don't. <laughs> not not the same. Well, but good try. To each their own, I yeah. guess. <laughs> I gotta hear both sides. Uh, but in this case, yeah, it lets you like when you get to an ending, you can skip through all the redundant parts you already have seen. Like, the game will even tell you, like, because you're, it literally, when it's doing the choose your own adventure parts, it's, like, putting you through two different doors. So, like, choose door one or door two. And so it's like, hey, so you saw one ending. 
now choose this store, this store, and this store to see a different ending and unlock more of the game. And they actually, so I'm going to spoil this game. It's like eight years old, so I hope it's okay. <laughs> uh, they actually really do a great job of integrating that into the actual story of the game because it's all about like morphogenic fields and telepathy. And like, do those things exist? And like, all these experiments that people have done to try and determine if like we can send ideas to each other across time and space. And the idea is, every time you're seeing a new ending, it's actually one of the characters in the game sending you the information from each ending. So even your player character is learning more and more of the story. But in theory, really, they're only going through it once. The uh, there's another person who sees all the endings and transmits the information to you, the player character, as you go along. It really is. That's super cool. Like, the game ends, and it's your player character telepathically communicating with your your childhood sweetheart from nine years ago while you're both trying to solve the same puzzle in the same room, in the same space, just nine years apart. That is nuts. It's pretty bizarre. (laughs) It's pretty crazy. And and I think that's the one place where the DS version might have been better because I guess, like, there was a way you could use the two screens and actually pass information back and forth between the two people. Cool. I, th- I think that more games should do stuff like that. Yeah. But it's not easy. I, yeah. I, like, I do respect that. Uh, very few games took advantage of, like, having two screens on the DS. Like, that, that was the uncommon. Uh, I remember, like, one of the Zelda games, you had to do a puzzle, you had to, like, close the, the clamshell and then open it again. And that, w- that would, like... Uh, it would like make a painting go from one screen to the other, and then like it would smear the, the paint on the other screen. That's how you solve the puzzle or something like that. But you can't do that with an iPhone, so right. not well. If you want to replace your iPhone, you can do it. I, I suppose <laughs> knock yourself out. I'm not gonna be your dad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, so th- I thought that was really cool, very uh, impressive how they managed to weave like this uh, meta element of the game, the actual story. And there are two more games uh, in the series. Zero Escape, Virtue's Last Reward, and Zero Time Dilemma. So I'm going to... I already have the second one. I'm going to pick that up soon. I, I would... If you're not turned off by being spoiled on the first game, I would recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess that's what we've both been playing mostly lately. Uh, Fit Dash notwithstanding. Before we get to that, though, I do want to uh, step away here for a second so we can go to an interview I did with... Uh, Jamie Sanchez and Bryce Poles. Uh, Jamie and Bryce are both part of the Indie City Collective that puts together the Bash Festival. And I was very fortunate to get them for a few minutes the day of to just talk about their experience and some of the things they were liking and the things they were seeing while they were there. We went a bit of a guerrilla operation here. We're outside at the Fulton Market. Um, I'm here with Jamie Sanchez and Bryce Pauls. Jamie and Bryce, thank you so much for coming back on. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. This is a lovely parking space you have. Oh, my pleasure. Very palatial, I would dare say. And and the bugs agree, too. (laughs) Uh, So thank you so much. We're here live currently, live to tape, at BitBash Chicago. I was able to get you guys for a few minutes. Thank you so much for stepping away. No problem. Uh, so let's just cut right to it. Uh, you know, one of the things I noticed, uh, we talked about it in our, in our previous uh, recording about the, the globalization of the games here. You make it so it's possible for the developers to bring their games here and the volunteers take care of uh, showing them off. Uh, just looking around, I saw Guatemala, South Africa, uh, Scotland represented. Uh, Iran, yeah. Iran. Uh, can you describe what it's like to, to have that uh, impact or allow that opportunity to, to developers? You first. Me? Uh, so, 
it's really important that we provide a space um, to showcase these games because they they really are the highlight of our event. Without them, this wouldn't be an event at all. So the burden to have developers come with their own equipment and show the game the entire day uh, is too high for us to get the diversity of games that we want. Uh, you know, games that appeal to us are very um, widespread in terms of like they're either very communal games or they're uh, they have some kind of artistic statement or they're hardware games. And to unnecessarily limit the developers coming here would greatly shorten the pool of games you could choose from. Um, so it eases the burden that gives them a lot of the exposure. We get to it's it's a very um, symbiotic relationship in a way. Yeah, I think everyone benefits. Uh, yeah, and I mean we're just lucky to have a hundred people who want to take a couple hours out of their day, one day a year, and be able to do this stuff. Like they come beforehand, they learn about the games, they make sure that they know how to play them. That way, you know this event is especially catered towards people who don't play games as much, might not be as aware, might not be like, if they have to hop into an FPS, might not know the standard controls. And so having them be able to do that and, uh, uh, you know, not have to have somebody who spent $4,000 on a flight here is uh, an opportunity I wish other people could have for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing, too. I, I would say that the audience here doesn't fit into one particular box. Uh, you see people, like children as young as like six or maybe even younger, uh, and then you see, you know, uh, adults, parents here, uh, you see people in like their 40s or 50s here. Uh, so it's you know, like is it the group of volunteers that are involved. Like I, I saw on Twitter, too. Uh, unloading the game, uh, coaching them on the game. So how important are they? Uh, they're the festival. Uh, that's not an understatement. That's not trying to be like generous to them. They, they are Bitbash as much as any, not as much as anything, more than anything else. Uh, they put so much love and so much effort and so much passion into this that I, uh, every year, it, it, I, I, I haven't gone a year without crying over it. It's just like, it's a gathering of a hundred of my best friends, and all they want to do is hang out here and help us, and it's perfect. <laughs> uh, to the diversity of the space, I think that the games really speak to a wide range of people. Um, you know, we have a lot of people who make games are here today, which is great, and they bring their family and friends. Um, so not just people directly involved in the festival, but people just coming to see other other developers. Yeah, yeah. some some people from out of state actually are here to see what we're doing. The, the people who actually are involved with other festivals in the nation, they came here today, which yeah. is really great. Uh, it speaks something to what we're throwing, that it's worth coming into town. You know, we have people across the Midwest, too, who say this is their favorite event of the year. Um, and, and then on top of that, the games themselves, like to what Bryce was saying, is that they we try to make them very approachable. You know, we give volunteers the power to hand someone a controller and encourage play, which is something you don't necessarily see at like more convention-style booths in a consumer-oriented space. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, our volunteers are just as happy to st step in and play games with the attendees. Um, and you're not selling anything. No. That's the cool part. Yeah, exactly. Right. Every game here, I mean, we almost had discussed this once of like having a one year limit. Like your game had to come out over a year ago because 
I mean, so many of the games here are either not given the opportunity to have be sold, uh, do not have the logistical ability to be sold, or came out a long time ago and were forgotten or, you know, kind of ignored. There's, I don't know if you know this, there's a lot of games. You know, uh, when I go on the Steam client, occasionally there are one or two games they've yeah. put up in like a week, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah. It's like at least one or two. A trickle. Week. A solid trickle, That's I right. would say. <laughs> uh, so speaking to the seeing the games here, uh, are there any games that have stuck out to you? Either, I, like, I know you've been very busy, maybe you haven't had a chance to play any games, but like just like the line to the game or the reactions to the game that you're seeing? Uh, regular human basketball has been, it constantly has a line right now. And they keep cheering. Uh, They're so loud. Yeah, Powerhoof's here. Uh, showing the game, so, you know, he's really ecstatic about telling people and, and very good at, like, explaining. Someone came up to me and said, whoever's, you know, the volunteer on regular human basketball is doing a great job. Uh, good, because that's a <laughs> They should. Uh, they arguably not yeah. a volunteer. <laughs> and then um, Please Stand By is another really great game that's awesome to have here. It's a festival-only circuit game because it's the whole thing is an old TV. The controller is the TV. The display is the TV. And like, I'm talking from the 50s, right? And there's only one of it ever made. You know, it's got an Arduino or whatever in there. Yeah, you just have to bang it and smash it around and rearrange the antenna and do all sorts of stuff to make it work. And uh, that's made by a friend of ours who we met doing Bitbash. Uh, Good who, friend now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who showed up with stuff and then has lived with both of us at <laughs> his life. But, um, you know, I show people this game and they're like, what is this? And, you know, it's a very rare experience because, like, we don't have other festivals like this here in Chicago that these games can come to. Um, and I guess a, a third one that I would say is really awesome is, to the same vein, is Nest Spectre. Oh, I loved that. I yeah. got to see a little bit of that yeah. earlier, yeah. It's on our main stage uh, as a group game and it's just an NES that's been hacked. Uh, to allow the audience to mess with the game that's being played. So you're actually playing on an old Nintendo, but it's going through some really interesting hacking abilities that uh, allow you to alter, like give the player more lives or change the equipment and all that stuff. There's so. a guy who is not a volunteer handing out pizza, handing out pizza to strangers. <laughs> Fuck, this is a great party. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we do this. <laughs> this guy here. Uh, quick games that I'm really into uh, that you should check out if you can. Uh, there's a game called uh, Hidden Folks. It is uh, an iOS game. It's in our chill zone. Uh, it'll be out soonish. Um, it's a, a adorable little kind of Where's Waldo finding game, but you have to there are these massively detailed hand-drawn environments, and you have to interact with the world and find all these little things and solve all these puzzles to get there. Um, it's, 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 it's really spectacular. I uh, I haven't played a lot today, but I stayed up in bed last night and <laughs> played through the entirety of that. Um, I want to give a shout out to Casketball. Casketball. Oh, that was pizza guy. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so to reiterate, I'd like to give a shout out to Casketball, who um, there was a whole group of kids that came in during our like pre-opening hour. We just kind of give out free tickets to those uh, who maybe can't afford them, and uh, I'm like, Bit Bash is this way, and they all ran to the entrance, and one kid stopped and he looked at me, and he was like, do y'all have basketball here? 
I'm like, we have a basketball-like game. And then five minutes later, I passed basketball, and there he was. Nice. Playing it, like, real intent. So. Because what helps basketball, basketball more than making it a motorized death sport? Oh, my God. <laughs> if only. If exactly. Only, I mean, Rocket League showed us the way. Exactly. up to all other sports to get on board, <laughs> really. <laughs> exactly. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, if you want to be found on social media, is there a place you want to be found? Hold on, train break. There you go. Um, I can be found on Twitter at Bryce Pulse. B Rice Pulse on your wrist without the E. And I can be found at Space Dragon, all one word. Uh, and you can follow Bitbash Chicago to get general information about what we do and all that good stuff. That's just me again, but <laughs> under the guise of being a video game festival personified. You're killing Twitter today. Yeah. yeah. And there are more festivals year-round, too. This isn't the only one, right? No. There's sometimes. We will see. There might be things in the future coming up. But there are small festivals and big festivals and some parties and some stuff that yeah. may happen. We scale a lot, so there's always an opportunity to party with us. Yep. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank yeah. you. And we're back. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed uh, hearing from Danny and Bryce. Uh, again, you can find information on BitBash or other festivals they run throughout the year at BitBash Chicago on Twitter. But now you're going to hear from Justine and I. Uh, Justine and I both happened to be at BitBash uh, that same day. And we got, you know, uh, I guess let's just start with some general impressions. You know, uh, what did you think of the festival? I thought it was, I, I've i gone every year. Yeah, it's only so I've gone every year. And this year, the space, like we talked about, was much more open. Um, there's a lot more there and without, like, in front of stuff in a room so i thought that was really, uh the, the games overall like i there wasn't overall there wasn't like, but there was a lot of in the past year on bara was there wasn't really oh okay okay yeah yeah i mean maybe we'll see over time like a game will rise up out of that but for yeah. now uh for now nothing like on those levels like i i know a little bit about gang Beast, just like i could watch a lot of the giant bomb uh videos they play it all the time so that that game was pretty awesome <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh, and then I, I would agree that it was totally a very positive experience. Uh, the 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 space was huge. It was very well air conditioned, almost too well air conditioned. Very, very, very well. <laughs> I wish I'd brought a park. <laughs> like it, it must have been a solid like sixty degrees, in there. and the spacing was I think almost you could get everywhere you wanted to go. The lines, I mean, some games had longer lines than others, but it didn't feel oppressive. And as you said, like. Before they would run the festival at Threadless at their warehouse, and like yeah, you would run. You're, you're, there would be a line that would block off like half the floor, and you'd have to like maneuver around it, or through it, or a line would like totally envelop another line. Sometimes not an ideal experience, uh, but here, uh, well spaced out, tons and tons of games. Like as they advertised, over 50 games to play. Uh, so that was very cool, and and. I did have kind of a, a nitpick last year that it felt like there were so many couch co-op multiplayer games last year. Like, it felt like half the floor was that. Here, it seems like there was a more diverse experience. That's true. That's a good... uh, like, it, it even getting into more, uh, I would say, quote, traditional gaming experiences. Like, uh, there was a fighting game. Uh, usually, that this isn't that kind of festival, I would say. 
there was like a, a, a flying simulator, flight simulator there. And, and I, I feel like there's room for that stuff too. It, yeah, just, uh, usually this is more for like stuff you couldn't see anywhere else or a shared social experience. But it's cool to have all of that. So I do wish program or even app, I mean, like they have signs that all the game is. It would have been helpful to me like going through and, okay, this one, this is, that'll probably move again enough where people at a time that or now that on our way that was watching out to figure out like how to play i, I mean I, I i completely agree with you actually uh i mean <laughs> at the very least the program like yeah paper prints program that you could have in your hands that has a map of the floor mm-hmm. uh, because i wanted to try regular human basketball uh, was one of the games there and it looked really cool it was like you see this big screen with like these giant cars and, like, you hear cheering and, like, lots of excitement from over there. And it's like, oh, my God, this line looks like it's going to take forever. But it seats six people per game, so the line was flying. Yeah. If you knew in advance that that was how many players it had. So, like, once I figured that out, I was like, oh. And then I got up there in, like, three games, which was awesome. Right. Yeah. So they definitely made a big improvement here, getting the festival into that space so they can uh, slightly work on, like, yeah, the organization that, that would be taken from an A to an A+. plus. Yeah. Because I think some of the games like are best served, um, like even the real human basketball. Real human basketball, really <laughs> fun. Um, even that one, like, like I loved it, um, and I picked up on it pretty quick. But I know, like, figure out exactly what's going on, or it's kind of um, it, that's one of those games where I think if you get it right away. It's awesome. Don't get it right away. A little bit not um, yeah underwhelmed, I guess. Um, and like the volunteers so were, were good about that. Like they, they were, tried, but yeah. there's only so much you can do. And like, but. Right. And I think that's why, I, I guess like what I'm saying is like that festival really, because I think I'm very up on here. And I think that other gate, I just, when you're in a school and you're like, you have a short amount of time to figure out what the objective, figure out how you work, sometimes figure out who you were on the green. It's, it's almost like that. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense. Yes. Not that it's good. I just heard better with show like, I mean, Some games are hard to feel fun. To an extent, that is on the game developer, too, to mm-hmm. make the game clear on what the objectives are and how you complete them, even just by watching. It's not always possible, but if you do it, it's preferred. Like, I, th- I, like I think, again, with the, the basketball game, sort partly the point is that you're not fully in control of the vehicle. Like, that's sort of the joke that you're hopefully all in, like ever been on that. But, but yeah, like, if you feel, like, totally helpless, then that's a turnoff. You have to feel, like, kind of partly helpless and it's hard to communicate that and if the maybe if there's a way to like run a tutorial uh, when we played super russian roulette it's like well maybe we shouldn't know what russian roulette is but we sort we do we already understand yeah and like we watched the game played two times we're like okay we get this yeah and we, we still went through the tutorial but the tutorial also could have explained it if we were just walking out blind or totally cold yeah that's a great uh so with that yeah why don't we talk about some of the games we like we yeah. We both got to play Super Ru- Russian Roulette. Super fun. You killed me. I know I did. I I didn't kill myself. I shot you. <laughs> I just had a feeling that I was gonna die, and I was right. It was for very good effect. I think the, the <laughs> audience though very much appreciated it though. That that game is really fun because it's like people seeing around is just automatically who's gonna who's gonna die, but you're like there's no consequences. Right. <laughs> there's like nothing going on. It's just the excitement. It would be a really fun. Oh my god, yes. Absolutely that would. Yeah. yeah. I mean, getting shot, taking shots, it's all the same in the right. end. Exactly. Yeah, and, and it was cool too. I mean, this is a this was a game that was playing on a Nintendo, on an NES. 
you, you played it with the NES controller and a zapper. And, and one thing uh, that, that Justin pointed out is that it was really cool they found a way to use the zapper with an HDTV because the zapper uh, doesn't work on modern televisions because it can't uh, aim right based on the, the way the, the light is projected, I think. But here it doesn't matter. It's just like you're only just clicking the trigger. It doesn't care where it's aiming. So that was a very cool workaround on how to use a zapper for a, like a modern gaming experience. It, it was it was very clever. It was very uh, good observation. It, that was all on Justin. I'm, I'm just uh, regurgitating. <laughs> oh, Justin's my boo. <laughs> uh, um, but other games I liked, I uh, Kissy Ghost was the one that I really drunk. It's very simple. There's just um, there's four players. There's three people that play the ghost, um, the king ghost, and it's always the ghost. Of the, but basically, all of these are they're forced with the task. You start in this room, and then you have to go into um, four different rooms or three other rooms and collect an object, usually a cat, and then bring it back into the other room and put it in a circle with a heart inside of it. So you'd collect four objects, um, and the kissing ghost was going to try to stop you by, they could kiss furniture. You'd hit furniture and then, um, ooh, I'm going to kiss you. And it would like <laughs> turn bright pink and like get all lovey face and like kind of like, slide towards like the direction. So you were trying, everybody has like a um, but I just thought that it was very simple, very maneuver look at, and uh, lots of pink cards, which I was adorable, um, for something that's like very simple awesome. to do. Um, in terms of the competitive cooperative, uh, uh, ghost chasing slash hunting games compared to the Nintendo Land. Oh, I remember, I remember. Uh, you never played Nintendo Land or like that, uh. Oh, Nintendo Land I did have, yeah. Like You gotta like, uh, hunt the ghosts in that one mode. Oh yeah, you're right. How does it stack up to that? Um, well, I think, like, it's hard for me to think about, like, Harry. But I, th- I think, like, when I, I played as both, and maybe, I don't know, but I played as both the Hint and the Go, and I like being better, because I like, I like having, like, even though so I mean, cute, that's my objective. I got up there, and I was the ghost so hard, three guys were there. <laughs> um, but playing the ghost was a little bit under, and it's all very Okay, so I'm hearing superficially similar, but if you, if you really, if you get down there and get granular, not yeah, is what I'm. Hearing. I I would think. <laughs> okay, all right, cool. Uh, I guess the next game that I, I would bring up, uh, maybe not a game. I don't know. Depends on how what your spectrum of game is. I played any any S Spectre, or I guess any Spectre, maybe how it's done, because there's no there aren't two S. N E Spectre. Any Spectre is a like a, a social multiplayer game the idea being you have one or two people that are playing an nes game the way i saw it used was they were playing contra and they were going through contra and they're doing the regular contra stuff shooting aliens getting power-ups but the audience uh, those of us watching can glitch the game for them and that could be something as benign as we send them an item or it could be like glitch out the soundtrack or like what i saw was i, I didn't do this personally but like they were able to jump the Contra guys over the level one end boss where the stage is supposed to end and they just keep going and just like do all this weird wacky stuff to the people playing the game and mess with them. And it was a, I thought like a pretty cool take on like the social, like trying to get a bunch of people to play a game with you and like, you know, breathing life into these old NES games. Like they, like they also had a international track and field and like they split the audience up into red and blue. You're both trying to win the hundred meter dash for your team, just jamming on your I'm sorry, yeah, you're playing on your phone. Okay. I don't think I mentioned that. Yeah, like, that, how you play is you, you go to a website, and the website is, I guess, connected to a server that where the game is, and they explained it. It was very technical, but you go on your phone, you play the game with them, basically. 
Yeah. I think it was pretty early on in the day. Like they were, they did it as like a performance almost. Like it was from three thirty to like four four thirty or so. Yeah, but I mean, I think they're gonna keep doing stuff with it. It's definitely designed to do something with Twitch. Like it's gotta be the reason of this thing. So I'm sure we'll see more of it in the future. That's my guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, how about yourself? Oh, um, I liked Sky Suit. Um, that was and but the goal was so the carpet. Um, and the person in front. Um, so two people, um, and you're both on this ribbon of carpet in the front, um, can manipulate how the carpet moves. You can make it go and go up and down. And then every time you jump, the carpet would cut and the goal is in the front. So you're manipulating uh, how the carpet, when you jump at the carpet cuts and seconds regenerate. So while the seconds to the front of the carpet and make, um, spark balls that will stun you, physically hit them with the back. So it's a big basket, just a really... Just a really cool idea, I think, to have, like, um, as well as... I mean, it sounds pretty chill, too, like, watching, like, the, the different patterns of the carpet. Yeah. I mean, that just, I, I, I saw it a little bit on the screen, like, in passing, and, yeah, it was just, uh, like, aesthetically pleased just yeah. to see the, you know, the carpet patterns and stuff. And one person... It, it's <laughs> hard to beat that, yeah. I mean, power <laughs> about cute things. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with a cute thing in a game. Uh-uh. Always. Always be cute. <laughs> with Square Tiger, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah, so that that was a pretty cool game. Yeah, I I set out them, but I thought it was. Really, I just like it's not often. You right, no, that that's true. Yeah, where you have glo- like global components. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll bring up one more game, and this is a unfortunately you you probably won't be able to play this game unless you go to a bitbash. It's called Please Stand By. It's the controller is a giant like 1950s era tube TV, and you're you're all you're trying to do really is try and bring in a signal to the television. So, like, you get, like, there's a antenna, there's different dials you can manipulate on the front of the cabinet, and you're just trying to go around in different channels and change the signal so that you can get the clearest uh, reception. Did you I totally did. I got to see some dominoes. Oh, really? I saw some dominoes on, like, what looked like either a map or a risk board game. (laughs) I couldn't tell. I saw somebody burn the up. They burned it up? Well, not, like, the actual game, but, like, we, like, I think they talked about it. Oh, geez. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. I, I'm glad I, yeah, that would have been an awful game. I'm glad I didn't get that. <laughs> but I just thought, like, that was so cool. Like, even if the, the game was relatively shallow, just like the idea of completely unorthodox way of controlling the game and trying to manipulate it. Like, last year, they didn't, I don't think they had as many of those type of games this year as it last year. Like, last year, they had, like, that light game. Where it was like you had to kind of put a character along a line of lights to try and get them through the whole. There was a lot more like yeah, um, and like those. Oh yeah, I love oh that. Gosh. They had it a black bear, oh. and then that hug game, I did. which was a little bit like after you did, it was a little bit underwhelming. That was really all about like the but, like, like um, the controller was a giant tennis ball that you moved around, yeah. and, like pressed it in and swiveled it and stuff. Yeah, in a in a pug butt, these little pug butts sticking out. They like also right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that was incredible. Uh, yeah, not quite as much of that this year. I, I mean, maybe a little harder to get that kind of material in. I mean, they, it sounds like they were, I think they're sponsored by like Alienware or some company like that. So they get a bunch of PCs in for that or Steam boxes. Maybe, like it's probably more of a burden to have the, the developers ship in the necessary equipment. Yeah. But it's a letdown a little bit. Yeah, because this was really cool. I thought it was really cool. It really stood out and was something you wouldn't find anywhere that's kind of why I go, is to see stuff like that and to 
experience games in a way you can't just playing in front of your PC or even playing on a couch with four people. It's a more global experience. Uh, yeah, so I, I guess those would be my, my final thoughts. Uh, anything else you wanted to add in? No, I think they go for a while. I think what you just said about it, uh, where you think you might not ever. And it's like... One thing that encouraged me is, they mentioned it in the interview, but Jamie was saying that people have come up to them to like kind of see how they run the festival, basically, and that they want to run their own festivals in their city. Yeah, I was I like, I feel very lucky that it happened in my city. Agreed. Me too. Me too. Uh, I, I mean, I'm almost certain they'll have a Bitbash fourth year next summer, and hopefully some stuff in between. Uh, and like, I, you know, they usually do like two or three things, I think, now. Hopefully I will see you one. I hope so. And hopefully I'll see you. I'm pointing at the mic. He's just going to take the microphone yeah, to I, everywhere. <laughs> I, and I'll be pointing it at you, just so I'll be ready. <laughs> I guess that then brings this episode of So Many Bits to a close. Justine, if you want people to find you on social media or elsewhere, where can they find you? Oh, gosh. I, I'm i on Instagram at I just threw up. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to follow me on Instagram, um, I have a Twitter account. I just do it very often. But if I get more followers... Maybe it's at Justine Face. Let me plug some shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you're at, at IO and you want, you're doing shows there. So I play at IO <laughs> on the team The Poem Highlander. And, and I'm also Blue Dragons for One Shot RP. Awesome. Awesome. So IO Chicago, Twitch for the One Shot. Perfect. We will definitely check you out there. Thank you so much for coming back on. Thank you. It was fun. Awesome. And as for us, uh, if you want to email us, we're available at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. Like us there, so many bits. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at so many bits. You can listen to us on SoundCloud or you can listen to us on iTunes. If you do, please subscribe, rate, and review. That's how there'll be more traffic for the podcast, more listeners. And last but not least, uh, support this and all other podcasts that are available on Second Link Collective. Support independent art, the spirit of Bell.